handsome devils. Welcome to Talking During Movies, the weekly podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film and use it to drive a unique, sometimes uncomfortable, loaded with profanity conversation. It's a lot of fun. You enjoy it. I enjoy it. Guests enjoy it. Advertisers enjoy it. Speaking of advertisers, the experience firm. Define, design, deliver. Elijah and his team over at the experience firm, they do what no one else can do. And they do it better. And they bring ROI. Or as I like to call it, return on investment. Cash. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. That's your cash register. That's more money in the bank. What are you going to do? Uh-oh. <clears throat> no, seriously. They're amazing. Pardon my... Got a little allergies in Austin. Killing me. But the experience firm does amazing stuff. Check them out. Uh, email Elijah at experiencefirm.com or just check them out at theexperiencefirm.com. We are also brought to you by, I think we're brought to you by, I'm not too sure anymore. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, the Succulent Studios, the succulent people, yeah, you know, they grow, they deliver, you enjoy, beautiful succulents. I got a neighbor, can't use his name, but we call him the succulent one. He's got a lot of succulents. They're amazing. He, we all got another neighbor. They gave my daughter a succulent. She loves it. It's really cool. Super easy to take care of. Kid loves the succulent. Comes out every day. Says hi to her succulent. Forget the succulent's name. I think it's Sally. The succulent Sally. But anyways, that sounds like a dancer. I could get things mixed up from past lives and years ago and living in Portland, Oregon. But nonetheless, succulent studios. Get your shit together, okay? You're supposed to get me a succulent. Still haven't gotten one. It's been three weeks. We're supposed to do some other stuff. Haven't answered any emails. But we're giving you love this one last time because... I know the founder, the guy who wrote the check to make it happen. So anyway, Succulent Studios. Go check them out. Succulent.studio. They grow. They deliver. You enjoy. You don't even need a green thumb. You can have a black thumb. You don't even have to have thumbs. That's kind of the cool thing about them. We're also brought to you by and recorded today at Dirty Bills. Dirty Bills. Do you have your Dirty Bills gear? Do you have a Dirty Bills hat? Dirty Bills fanny pack? Dirty Bills t-shirt? You can get them. Get them online at DirtyBills.com. Or you can actually just take your lazy ass right down to 511 West Rio Grande, sit down at the end of the bar, crack a cold one, say hi to the amazing bartenders, listen to some music, and buy it right there. Then take whatever Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Michelob Ultra mesh shirt you've got on, throw it in the trash, and put your new Dirty Bill shirt on. Be an adult. Own at least five Dirty Bill shirts. I think I have 20, but I have a problem. It's called addiction. Addiction to dope t-shirts that are amazing. And you you maybe want that addiction. If you do, get your dirty bills on. And, you know, get down there. Have a beer. Say hi to Leslie, man. We talk about this. I talk about this every time. But seriously, that woman works all night long, gets up early, and opens the bar for me on a Thursday or a Friday so that we can do these interviews. We use, we jack her Wi-Fi. You know, we have some beers there. She's awesome. She, she takes care of the Talking During Movies podcast. Show her some love. Take care of her. Get in there. Have a party. By the way, we're thinking about doing a live one there. Come clean. Leave dirty. Fifty Shades of Grey. I think that could be a lot of fun. I'd love your feedback on it. But yeah, folks, that's what's going on. Today, we have Lonnie from The American Genius, Austin Digital Jobs, Bash, which is the big-ass social happy hour. She's amazing. She is a, uh, a fixture here in Austin, Texas, as far as helping people find jobs, supporting them in their job search, bringing recruiters and companies and people together over a cold beer, over a cup of coffee, or just online. She's amazing. Uh, she's very, very smart, probably a little too smart to do this podcast, but then most people are, except for Jason Dick. But uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun talking with her, and we didn't... Uh, 
this uh, special podcast we did up at Duo Works. Uh, Lonnie lives way north. She lives uh, she lives in Colorado. So she drove down to uh, almost just uh, north Austin, and I drove up from uh, from south Austin, which is about the same distance. And we met at the Duo Works. Um, Jessica and the, and the team at Duo Works really took care of us, put us in a nice little room. You're going to hear some awkward pauses and things like that. Don't freak out, folks. All right, listen. You know what that is? It's very simple. Very, very simple. My daughter's uh, school district decides to not have school Memorial Day Monday, have school Tuesday and Wednesday, and then just not have school Thursday or Friday. I had this booked out with Lonnie uh, quite a while in advance, and it just came down to the fact that, you know what, my daughter was going to be there. She's been coming to business meetings with me since she was six months old. So there are some pauses. There's some things. She's four, man. Chill out, all right? But nonetheless, Talladega Nights is the movie. We start in about 30 seconds in. We have a great conversation about Austin, about jobs, about HR. We talk about politics. She tells a dope ghost story. Boo! Ghosts, spirits, seeing them. Believe in him. She's also a cat person, so you know, let's let's take it all for what it's worth. But so Lonnie, the cat, job finding, networking, writing, American genius, ghost seeing extraordinaire is who we have today. Enjoy. Don't worry, we're going to be in the lady with the lights on. But um, for those of you that want to watch and listen and do all that fun stuff, we are right now at 20 seconds, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And Columbia Pictures presents what you wanted to do, Talladega Nights. Hell yeah. <laughs> so you're a cat person. Uh, ish, yeah. Ish. Uh -huh. I mean, and that's probably why you love this movie because this movie is about cats. the relationship of a man with cats that is circuitously done through his relationships with other people, which is really, I mean, they stick around, but they're kind of assholes. I feel, I'm not sure that you've seen the movie before. <laughs> I'm not convinced. See, this is, this is going to be my, my eighth time to watch The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. We tried to, we decided we're going to cut the cord and not have cable ones. Uh -huh. And so we just watched this DVD over and over every night for like three months until we lost our minds and had to get cable back. Oh, yeah. Cable. <laughs> we were too lazy to change the DVD out. <laughs> so we're like, well, we're watching Ricky Bobby again. Too lazy to change the DVD. <laughs> nice. So if you guys um, hear some of the, so one, we're at Duo Works, a great co-working space in North Austin. Uh, I did one down in Southeast Austin, which was fun near the airport, but uh, 
the crew, Jessica, and everyone here was kind enough, Monica, to bring us in. We're in the, the mocha room. I guess everything's kind of named after coffee here. It is. I like it. It's very interesting. Uh, not drinking today, not because it's just a Thursday and not a Friday, or not because Jason Dick's not here, but my, the school that my uh, daughter attends thought it would be fun to only go to school on Tuesday and Wednesday this week and just forget <laughs> Thursday and Friday and see what happens. So it's not cool to drink and drive. It's really not cool to drink and drive and have a kid in the car. So <laughs> sober chauffeur. Going to gonna do it the right way. Um, so there we are. That's the that's the quick backstory. Thanks again to Duo Works for letting us be here. Thank you for being here. You're very busy. You run Austin Digital Jobs. You write and help run American Genius. Yeah. Uh, what are some other things? Uh, big ass social happy hour. The Bash. Bash. Yes. Bash and the Real Daily, one of the largest real estate publications in America. Wow. We got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. <laughs> my um, my uncle who lives up in Montana, he uh, created this huge real estate company network kind of thing mm -hmm. out of Townsend, Montana, and then sold it and retired. Nice. I mean, sold it to where he's got a 9,000 square foot house on the Missouri River. Looking good. Nice. Feeling good. Yeah. I need to do that. What a, <laughs> give me that formula. <laughs> I'll put you two in touch. Like, what's the formula? How do we How do we now pawn this thing off? <laughs> License it. License it out. You should, uh, you know, actually, you know, you should talk to about it. You do a little name drop. Uh, Loan Depot. Mm-hmm. Third largest non-banking lender in the world. Yeah, uh, they are. They partner up. They've now or they acquired a whole bunch of real estate companies, and he's got the mortgage side of things, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. So yeah, but um, those cats. I know quite a few people over there at the Loan Depot. Cool. They have two offices: one in Texas, I think, up in Dallas, and one in Irvine, California. Thanks to uh, Mr. Anthony Shea, first guy who gave me a job when I lived in Southern California. Very cool. Very nice man. Very very. He invented the online mortgage system. Nice. Pretty smart guy. So does he have a 9,000 square foot house yet? He's got about seven. <laughs> I think he has about seven. No, he's got quite a few. He's got he's got a beautiful estate in Hawaii. He's got uh, yachts all over the world. He likes to big game fish. He's a pretty cool guy. Nice. So Ricky Bobby. Did you, you mean first or last? We just saw that part. You just saw that. We just got that part. His dad <laughs> drove out over a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, not not His dad's not the most eloquent man. Um, my wife's done it. I haven't. But I'm just wondering, have you ever, do you have kids? Oh, yes, you have kids. Mm -hmm. you have, kids. have you done the parent go and talk to the school, let them know what you do? Um, oh, no. So we shared custody and the kids were in Oklahoma. So we got to be fun time. Oh. We never had to do that. Our youngest is now in college. Wow. She starts at OU in the fall. Is that is that hard for, for your friends that are diehard Texans? Well, no, I married a sooner, so that wasn't oh, okay. going to be a big surprise. <laughs> we have OU plates on all of our cars, so oh, nice. <laughs> it's okay. I went to UT, but... But you're still... Uh, yeah, I don't really care too much, so... <laughs> I'm with you. I, really I did do. it first. When we were first dating, it was really difficult, but... Because uh, I'm... Anybody that knows any Texas fans, we're really sore losers, but we're more sore winners. Oh, 100%. So, Putting, putting that together with a Sooner, and Sooners are really level-headed. Like, they're diehards, but they're, you know, mm -hmm. they're pretty chill about it. So that was tough at first. I, I grew up a little bit, though. <laughs> nice. Nice. They, um, it seems like, so, the, uh, have you ever been to an NASCAR race, by the way? No, no. No? I went, one, I've been to one. And I, 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 I've been very lucky in the sporting events I've been able to go to. So my first football game was in a suite owned by a guy. Like flew a private jet there. Please note that I'm rolling my eyes so hard <laughs> that it hurts. My first basketball game, there were floor seats at a Lakers game. Oh no, at an Orlando Magic game. 
my first NASCAR was a VIP event where the bus company that takes care of all of the NASCAR drivers or most of them, the custom bus driving. Show us the real NASCAR experience. I'm though. pretty sure it is because it's the only way I'm going to go. Oh. Like, I'm not. I'm not going back to sit in the stands. There's a, a local reporter here who did the uh, podcast and. He's like, oh, I'm going to the NASCAR event. And it was cold up there and it was frigid. Hmm. And I was like, okay. I go, you should just come hang out with us. And I don't think he thought I was serious. Because I'm always just like, yeah, come hang out. We have this private luxury bus. There's like eight TVs in it. There's food. There's drinks. There's an upper deck with chairs up there on top of the bus. You can climb up and look out. It's on one of the corners. I mean, gorgeous spot. Gorgeous bus. Great food. He is sitting on those metal seats on the other side in the shade, freezing his cojones off. And I'm just texting him pictures. <laughs> Shoot, get over here. I'll send, I'll send a driver. It. I'll send a driver over to pick you up. He's <laughs> like, stop. You are the queen of England. That is very fancy. I try to be very fancy. I do. I try to be very fancy. What in, um, what in, uh, in your life, if, if, do you have a desire to go to NASCAR at any time? Just no. even just to people watch? No. No? No. But yet you like Talladega Nights. So what uh, is the, the draw? Okay, so um, the draw is actually Will Ferrell, and we we realized he said in an interview many years ago, and it stuck with me that basically if you yell everything, it's funny no matter what it is, and that's his formula. And so it's true. People that I find to be the funniest are the mm-hmm. ones that basically yell everything all the time. And so I like any Will Ferrell movie because he's basically just screaming the entire. It's time. like Will Ferrell and Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones is hilarious. Super hilarious, right? <laughs> His character right? is very funny. <laughs> yeah, he's terrifying but funny. So he does. He um he does the shake and bake. Have you you know I, one of the things I do find interesting about this right is he he just kind of sees an opportunity. He went after it, and we're well. I think everyone else will say things or do things. And be like, hey, you've got to do it the right way or the wrong way, or this is the. He just went after something and um and got it and just and just had some fun with it. So it's, that to me is always going to be fascinating. It, it, what in your life, where, what's the point in your life where you jumped in the car? And maybe you shouldn't have, but you did and it got you ahead. Um, that's a good question. I, I actually, um, so um, Ben is my husband. He founded the company that I work for. Okay. And um, we're very good yin and yang because he will jump into any car and just like risk it and just full speed go. Like he is Ricky Bobby, no problem. And... I'm over here, I'm Cal, and I'm ready to shake and bang, but I'm still over here <laughs> saying, I'm not sure we can do that. And um, so I think just through years of kind of his guidance and mentorship, to be totally frank, um, gave me kind of the confidence to be able to jump in the car and do that. And I, I think really the point for me when I was able to start doing that is um, after his company had taken off and started doing really well, um, once he invited me to join full time, um, I think with somebody by my side, I was able to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm more of like a worker bee, so I probably wouldn't have done it myself. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It probably would have been uh, another 10 years before I even uh, hopped in the car. Oh, we're going to do interview hands right now. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love interviews. There was, um, I was in Austin Woman Magazine recently, and it was really awkward because they send out like an actual grown-up photographer to do like oh, actual yeah. photos of you. And I told him in advance over email, hey, um, this is really uncomfortable for me. Like, I'm probably not going to be a very good subject. And so most of the time I was doing interview hands. And I was like, is this good? Is this right? Is this right? <laughs> and he was like, no, that's not right. But he, no. he was having fun with it. So Just put, put those hands down, please. Yeah, that's how I overcome my little uh, awkwardness is usually interview hands like Ricky Bobby. He does. Um, 
it's amazing, right, is, is a scent of fearlessness of just going right to the top, getting sponsored by Wonder Bread, which is wonderful. <laughs> And then you know, getting his getting his buddy to, to join him, which you know, there you go. I mean, that's you kind of described your relationship a little bit right there with uh, with your husband, and then yeah. hence your love of Talladega Nights. That's right. I'll, and there's I'll a be cat involved. <laughs> you know, you've got to you got to work on your mustache. But other than that, these John C. Riley, fascinating individual, right? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I'll cry. He's why? What? He's dead. John C. Riley's not dead. Wait, wait, oh, I thought you were talking about the guy next to him. No. <laughs> wait, Green Mile is. Green, the, the Green Mile man, he he passed away, yes. yes. Uh, but old, good old John C. Yeah, but John C. Riley has kind of the same formula. Like, if you notice, like, he gets loud, like, when he's being funny. And it's mm -hmm. not yelling like Will Ferrell does, but he's kind of similar in that you just scream it and it's funny. Yeah, and he says, and he says inappropriate things then in a very natural way. <laughs> so like when the, the Dewey Cox story where he's just like, if it doesn't have Cox on it, don't put it in your mouth. And everyone's just like, I'm sorry, what did you say? What? But he says it just so matter of fact. Yeah. And then the other things that 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 um, aren't awkward, he yells to make mm -hmm. it funny, which is uh, which is interesting. But um, no. So I I'm fascinated by this movie, one, because of his his approach to this, this kind of approach to celebrity, if you will, right? Especially in the climate that we're in today, this yeah. ascension to celebrity that goes so fast and is just, I mean, it's just a rocket ship. And then you see people that do it and it's, you know, it, I look at things like this that happen in the real world, right? And I go, oh man, this is not, this isn't where we failed someone. This is where I think education failed someone. And I've said this before, but it's like, man, you give a kid $20 million to go catch a ball or throw a ball yeah. or put a ball in a hoop or hit a ball with a stick. You give him 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars. Like, I can't believe that kid got caught with marijuana drinking and driving as an asshole. <laughs> I can. I was a dick when I got my first job. I got my first paycheck. I was like, this is $700? <laughs> wow. Woo-wee. I'm 20, rich. <laughs> 23 years ago, I was rich. Loaded. You know, or bartending at night and leaving with $300 in cash. I'm like, get out of here. What are we going to do? Let's go to Taco Bell and buy one of everything. <laughs> you know, I was like... You got to do the Shaq way. I mean, Shaq, Shaq from day one had a financial advisor. <clears throat> invest, invest, invest. Well, look who... I mean, his dad's military, right? Yeah. His, his, his dad is disciplined um, to, no, to no end yeah. and created that discipline for his son, whereas... Or, you know, look at this house... Look at all these cars, and there's boats, and then there's more cars, you know, and then the mutt, all the food. Okay, so we're at the scene where he's going to say some stuff about that eight pound, six ounce baby God. One, one of my favorite baby Jesus. We're yeah. going to argue over it, but can I tell you a personal story about sure, this please. scene? So um, hopefully my in-laws will not listen to this because this is about them. I hope um, they do. No. Uh, subscribe. Please don't. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, so we're in Oklahoma, and mm -hmm. um, we're with my husband's family, and he has um, three other brothers. Everybody's married, has kids, and we're there with our kids and uh, grandparents. And we're in this scene, and keep in mind, I didn't bring this movie to the house. We're in my uh, father-in-law's house, father and mother-in-law's house. I didn't bring this movie to their house. Um, I don't know who brought it to the house. I don't know who decided to play it. 
and um, Ben's father is uh, super duper Catholic. So like this blasphemy scene was like really offensive. You think it's blasphemy? Yeah. I think it's blasphemy the way they talk to the grandfather. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. I mean, it is blasphemous. But you think so? Honestly, I, I can see how somebody else would find it that way. Okay. If you spend your entire day like praying at church, like being silly about it is offensive. So, mm-hmm. anyways, um, I'm not sure what happened, but. Um, Benny, his dad, said, Lonnie, get in here, and yelled at me to come in the kitchen. I've never been yelled at before, and I don't, my parents don't yell at me. I don't do too kindly being yelled at. Uh, Don't blame you. So he told me to come in. I was like, what? And he said, I'm ashamed of you. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck for? Like, why? And he said, you know, I, you would have, I thought you would have better taste than this. And I was like, I've never even seen this movie. I didn't bring this movie. And he was like, but I count on you. To do better, and he talked to me for like fifteen minutes about this blasphemous scene, and I was like, I didn't even bring the movie. Like I don't know. So, yeah. and you've got you've got two brother in laws, and like <laughs> I know they're like, yeah, missed a bullet, <laughs> don't double take it. it. So um, yeah, so that was that was really offensive. And then like six years later, they came to visit, and they wanted to watch a movie together. And that was stuck in the DVD player. And, and that was stuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, but dad dad goes and picks one, and he was like, Oh, have y'all seen this? This is hilarious, and it's fucking Talladega Nights. I'm like. Are you kidding me? You want to watch Talladega Nights in my house? No. You don't get to watch it in my house because you yell at me for being disappointing. <laughs> so we wouldn't let him watch it. <laughs> but he forgot nice. all about that. But, he yeah. forgot all about it, and then all of a sudden it wasn't blasphemous. Anymore. Yeah, and he wanted to watch it. It's, it's a very <laughs> funny movie. See, I was, um, my my mother's super, super religious, uh, and my, my wife's family is very religious as well. And in the vein of, you know, sharing, uh, I had told a joke that I thought was very funny to my now um, wife's family. Mm-hmm. We're sitting around the table and we're at her aunt's house and you know I've got this this guy and he's you know he's a really nice guy and he you know can do Elvis impersonations and he's super fun. Mm-hmm. And we're hanging out and I said, hey by the way, does anyone know who the most flexible man in the Bible is? Oh, no. And they're like, no. And I go, Jonas tied his ass to a train and walked three miles. <laughs> I'm sure that went over really well. They just got up and walked away from the dinner table. <laughs> All of them. Just stood up and walked away. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, okay. Is that not funny? And it was just like, and it's, it's always, I mean, I was raised in the church, so I find it, but I, I don't buy in on all of it, right? I mean, I just sent sure. this email to this. We, my wife loves this church called Real Life here because it's real life. <laughs> I get it. I like the whole idea because, especially with the news coming out of the guy who wants the forty-five million dollar jet. Have you seen this? There's no. this new pastor. He's like, listen, I need this new Foxfire X7 forty-five million dollar jet that that goes Mach one, because if Jesus was here, he would not be riding a mule, be flying a jet. Bohonkus. To go see people. Nope. Quickly. Nope. Boom. Nope. Zoom. Big old jet airliner. Me and Steve Miller. And he's like, and it's got like Bluetooth and it's got a shower in it. It's everything. And so this guy's like, by the way, I don't have four jets anymore. I gave two away. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> and this is more fuel efficient. Like, I really, I'm the, by spending $45 million, I'm saving a lot more <laughs> Okay, <money>. Al Gore. <laughs> so, yeah, he's very fascinating. But um, I had written, the, you know, so it's the the other, the antithesis is this is real life. and But we just pray about it and it's going to suck. And I'm like, this is like S&M, right? This is like sadomasochism. It's like... <laughs> Believe it. It's going to be horrible. Nothing's going to work out in your favor. Only people that do bad shit get cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Have a good day. Well, I come from the Catholic side, so they. So you're like, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no. I, from this side, it's like, uh, I think if a priest wanted something like that, they would lose their job. Like, there's no, like, they're supposed to live. Oh, evangelicals, yeah. Very 
almost in poverty. And so, yeah, that would not go over well on a, yeah. this side. <laughs> Evangelicals are, are, are an amazing group because they are either on the, this is real life, don't go after these things, or, hey, you know, God wants you to be super successful. And you're either way, it's you're not praying hard enough. And he had given this sermon about not giving up. I'm like, dude, I've, I give up. Like I sent him an email. I said, listen, you please come play basketball with me. If you ever want insights, they're building a new church. He's always asking me like yeah. some insight on something. Like if you ever need that, that's fine. But in vain of what you said, I legitimately I give up. Yeah. Well, even though we shouldn't <laughs> talk uh, religion, I was raised Episcopalian. And actually, I was raised by agnostic people. And so I was able to choose whatever I wanted. So my brother and I would go to like Lutheran church camp. We always felt drawn to Christianity. That's where we felt mm -hmm. comfortable. Uh, but we tried like Methodist and uh, even in college, I tried Jewish for a while, which that definitely was not, uh, they didn't want me. <laughs> uh, that's a long story. But but yeah, being raised by agnostics is really interesting and interesting. getting to choose. And so I think uh, for us, the Episcopal Church was comfortable. And I think it's probably comfortable for any teen because it's kind of like a, eh, everything's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the pot smoking of the Christian world. It's like, Best. it's cool, man. Don't worry about it's, it's it. It's the new non-denominational, right? <laughs> yeah. Or it's the old non-denominational. Well, I, I obviously, I mean, I, that's not where I am anymore, but mm -hmm. that's, that's what I grew up in, which I think, so, okay, what else should we talk about? Because that's on the list of things not to talk about is religion. Politics. Can we talk politics? We can yeah. talk politics. Yeah. Politics and then uh, UFOs. I really, well. Um, we can talk about ghosts, because I legit believe in ghosts. You really do believe in ghosts? I, I didn't until uh, it happened to me. That's what everyone says. Yeah. I was on my fourth gram of mushrooms. <laughs> Plus LSD, and it was Plus great. Plus LSD, ghosts were everywhere. We actually, our daughter is um, extremely sensitive, like borderline a medium, and so we had to... Hold on, your daughter's that. borderline a medium? Yeah. Explain. Um, she, uh, in her periphery, mm -hmm. can always see things moving around, like people walking around, mm -hmm. and um, she can... We taught her at a very young age not to actually engage because again, we're Catholic. We don't listen. Hold on. So see people walking around like real people, or no, no, no. Like they're they're not there. Okay. She knows they're not there. But she could. Um, I can tell you my ghost story, which would totally validate. Do you want to hear a ghost story? I want to hear a ghost story. So what we're finding, oh, real quick. Flipping off the camera. Flipping off the camera. Winning in reverse. <laughs> loving life. Spraying champagne. In all of this, you guys are like this has nothing to do with Talladega Nights. Well, it kind of does because in the real world, more things happen you know, didn't know what had happened. And so over the years, we just both kind of inherently knew details. We both knew that this was a guy who had died in the 80s, but we checked the records and nobody died on that property ever. And so we don't know why he was there. Could he have died somewhere else? They brought the ashes and then left him? Could you have maybe dead guy ashes in your house somewhere? Maybe, maybe underneath the house. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. So nobody died there. Um, but we both knew that he had a mullet. I know that's silly, but we both knew just like, you can't see white him. White guy? Yeah, white guy. We You couldn't see him. We never could actually see him. But mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know, some people call it your mind's eye or whatever. But yeah. We both knew him. We both knew eventually that his name was Alex. So more than likely Canadian. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. A Canadian mullet guy with like nose legs. But we also both knew that Alex was dangerous and that he wasn't there to hurt us and that he knew that we were alive and he was dead, but just trying to like figure out what, why, he, why he was stuck in this area. So a couple years ago, um, and this was like a decade ago, uh, a couple years ago. You still in the same house? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, and we never talked about it while we were in the house, just in case we didn't want him to really know that we knew he was there. You don't think he knew that you knew? 
Maybe, but we didn't want him to attach to us because we could tell he was really emotionally invested. I know that sounds so crazy, but like it was upsetting when we were leaving because the people before us, um, it was like a stripper who like had drug dealers in and out of the house. And like that must have been really like a torment for him, I guess. I don't know. But a couple years ago, I was talking to our daughter and she said, oh, yeah. She said, yeah, there were totally ghosts in there. And then we asked her to kind of describe what that was. And she said, yeah, um, Alex lived in your room. We're like, what the fuck? Like, whoa, whoa. Okay, tell us more about that. And she was like, yeah, he died like in the 80s and he looked like kind of a NASCAR person. And like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, he's got them all. So she knew that it was Alex. And we said, well, why was he only in our room? And she said, oh, well, the guy that was in my room wouldn't let anybody else go anywhere. We're like, what? Oh, you yeah. had more than one ghost. Yeah. And she said, yeah. She said, um, he hated me. We're like, oh, why didn't you tell us? Like, we would have not made you sleep in a room where something hates you, or even if you just perceive that something hates you. She said, no, he would just, he never could figure out how to hurt me or how to touch me, but he would just stand in the room, and she could see the ember of his cigarette at night, and she couldn't smell the smoke or see it, but there was always an ember, and he was just standing in the corner of her room, just like seething anger, but he wouldn't let Alex out of our bedroom. She said that he had the rest of the house, and Alex had to stay in our bedroom. And Alex was scared of him. And that's why Alex liked us, because we were chill. And so, I don't know. But we were Whoa. like, Whoa, okay. Like, she knew that that guy had been, like, in the Navy or something, that he was older. And anyway, so we've had, like, experiences in different houses before. Mm-hmm. But we've since decided, let's just stick with new construction. Because then, like, no one's ever looked at and, like, Except for poltergeist. Yeah. I mean, well, right? New construction. True. That's true. Indian burial the ground. The air is different. Like, it, it's almost like um, the smell of a new book versus the smell of an old book. Yeah. Like, the air is different in somewhere that doesn't have anything. And so now I I can kind of feel it, but she can, she's much more sensitive. Like, she can tell you details and stuff. But, wow. yeah, that's crazy. See, now, I've never had that happen to me. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing is, have you ever heard of the shadow people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Lived scary. with that for years. Yeah, that's terrifying. Terrifying for those that don't know, um, you fall asleep and then you're in a uh, sleep hypnotic, paralyzed kind of state, and then one, two, three, four, five forms that look like people, they're just shadows, come in and they just fuck with you. That's all they do. You can like, sense that they want to hurt you or want to do yeah, something. Yeah, and they and they just scare you, and then you think you keep waking up in different areas of your house and you realize you're asleep, and as soon as you realize you're still asleep, they're right there. And they would push through me, and they would just run at me. It was terrifying, mm-hmm. terrifying. And the only way that they, they would go away is I would start singing children's Bible songs. Huh. And leave. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one. I haven't had an experience in a long time. But there was there's a group, I think from the Philippines, I want to say, that came over en masse to, uh, and they were in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about this. Mm-hmm. I forget who the radio DJ is. Art Bell, I think is his name. But he did a big thing. He talked about it. Actually went crazy from it. Uh, talking about these shadow people. But they had 12 unexplained deaths in this one community. And I guess it's a big thing in the Philippines of this happening to people and they die. Yeah. The night terror and then they just their heart just quits. Yeah. I'm getting too old for this shit. Like, I can't. <laughs> I'm not dying. Yeah, we can't. No, those things are scary. All that, like any of the unexplained... Like, I don't know about UFOs, but I, th- I think that it's um, so self-absorbed for us as humans to think that we're the only intelligent creatures, like, in any galaxy. That, that seems a little far-fetched, that we would be the only ones. Um, 
I think that's kind of self-centered, but yeah. I don't want to meet any other intelligent beings at all. But. Now, <laughs> what is it more likely, even though given your background, right? Is it more likely that we are hanging out here doing this, living, and we're going to die, or that we're in a computer simulation? Yeah, see, now I actually had to, um, I dropped philosophy at UT because it was really fucking with my head. Because of, <laughs> no, I'm serious, all these like, we're just a simulation, or we're um, we're part of somebody else's dream. Like, those really mess with me because I think I'm open-minded to like crazy stuff, so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, you know what, I don't even want to think about it. Because yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I'm just going to live my best life. <laughs> if, if you are living it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, or if I'm in control, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I think. Would you, um, in the, well, let's just go right to it. What do you think of the French? Do you like French people? Do you like French food? Uh, this is real controversial. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, um, I'll tell you why I do and don't. Um, so I lived in Spain for a year in college, and mm-hmm. I went to Paris on two separate weekends. Okay. Um, on the first weekend, I went with um, two of my roommates. I had six roommates where I lived. Two of my roommates. One of them was a model. She was drop-dead gorgeous. The other had, like, blonde hair down to her butt. Like, just these were, like, the prettiest women you've ever seen. The model and Crystal Gale hanging out in Spain. <laughs> yeah, I think we missed the Crystal Gale part. Um, but so my pretty friends went with me, and, um, oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Like, we didn't have to pay for food anywhere. Like, everybody was so nice to us, and I loved Paris. I was like, I could live here. But then about a month later, I went with some of my less beautiful friends, and we were treated like absolute shit. Like, even our hotel reservations, they said, oh, we don't have any. We're like, what? <laughs> like, they're really mean. And so especially to, like, um, I think heavier people have a hard time. And Which, your cuisine is insane. Like, you should all be super fat, but they're not because of all the walking, and that's fine. But it was just, uh, yeah, so that's kind of my impression of France is um, if you are a decent-looking person, then you're gonna mm-hmm. be fine. So I that's I don't, I don't think they're as progressive as they think they are. <laughs> no, I don't think they're progressive at all. I, I find them I find them very quite fascinating though. Uh, I went there once, and it was uh, so I was in a bar in Huntington Beach, California. And these two girls were crying, and I look over and I'm like, "Hey, we're all trying to have a good time, <laughs> for sure." Stop crying. Yeah. Like, no. We, Wait, you went over to tell girls to stop crying? Yeah. A little boozy, like usual. Just a little boozy. But I, I, I said, hey, seriously, you got to stop. Hey, you're kind of ruining the vibe for everyone here. And we're chatting away a little bit. And I'm like, "What's? why are you crying? I said, well, our dad sent us here. He had booked us a room for the summer. And it was a scam. So we have no place to stay. And he is off doing something and we can't get hold of him. And this is... 1997, 1998? Sure. I'm like, oh, stay at my place. I got an extra bedroom. And they're like, what? I'm like, you can't, I mean, you're French. You can't smoke in my place. But you can hang out. <laughs> and so for like two weeks, they lived in my second bedroom mm-hmm. in Costa Mesa, California. And then we became friends, and then we all hung out. And then Virgin came to America, and they had these $75 flights each way from L.A. to London. So grabbed my friends, booked it, flew to London, took the double-decker train from London to Dover, took the ferry from Dover to Calais. We're going to take the train from Calais to Paris, but there was a bomb threat, so the trains were shut down, so we took a taxi. Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) super long drive. But cheaper than the four of us getting a hotel for the night. It's super expensive over there. Yeah, yeah. 
And then we went, we spent one day in Paris, and then we spent one day, um, well, two days in Paris, no, one day in Paris, and then went to Angoulême, cognac country, and spent a week there. I loved it. I had a great time. Uh, got a bartend a couple times, uh, drank absinthe every day. That's, no, that's for real. That's for real fun. I'm a, I'm an aggressive person. I go, I'm like, what? You only have one? I'll have seven shots of that. Thank you very much. Well, I'll tell my absinthe uh, story in a little bit. Yeah, and so then we did that. We had fun. We messed around. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, my wife went there. She got accused of shoplifting. <laughs> she got food poisoning. Oh, no. She, she hates France. She's like, I'm yeah. never going there again. <laughs> I Yeah, I had a good time. Uh, but I was with, like, I mean, the girls who we took care of who then invited us out there. I mean, we were in Angoulême. Their dad's like the mayor of Angoulême, and he's the town doctor. Nice. So we were spoiled. Once again, I'm not flying coach. I'm going in with the guy who's the Queen of England. I'm coming in strong. Of course. Not going back unless I can do that again. (laughs) It's not fun. All year long, and he would still hit on me. I'm like, dude, you you totaled my car. We are not ever going to date ever. You're stupid. Go away. Well, don't you think God has a reason for us to have been together? Uh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you destroyed my first car. My family decided not to replace it, so now I don't have a car, you ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> God God did something for us, and uh, what he did is not this. No, yeah. <laughs> this was not his work. This was yours, and you're an idiot. Seriously. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, I've been in other wrecks, but... Any, um, can you hear it, kiddo? There you go. You can go right over there and watch, okay? Thank you, Harper. She's the best. For if that's all the interaction you're gonna get from a four-year-old, folks, I just want to let you know um, it's way better. And Will Ferrell is running around in his underwear. See, this is why I also Can't sent my daughter. Can't be Oprah Winfrey. Can't yeah. be Tom Cruise. That's what he's screaming right now. Uh, Cal, Cal Martin's gonna come save him. Cal's gonna come save him. It's his best friend. Uh, yeah, no. So if you, by the way, you know that we're not watching. I, I don't have the. I don't think I have the social credentials to do it. But um, would you watch uh, Going Clear? The Scientology thing? I'm fascinated by cults. Um, I am also fascinated by cults just because I I, I wonder, because I think in marketing we always wonder like, okay, well, I don't want to build a cult, but how can I use some of that like <laughs> ethically? Oh, I want to build a cult. <laughs> to, I, and we talked about that. At yeah. Rich, I, I've literally put some thought into it. I mean, there are so many rich people that feel guilty about being rich. Like, it would mm-hmm. not be hard. <laughs> it's not hard. And I can help you out, folks. I, <laughs> I mean, the weird thing is that you get... If you, if you looked at it like a company, right, so you put some smart people around you that have some good credentials. My buddy is a world-renowned in, in um, suicide prevention. Like, he's yeah. the man. He's done more hours on suicide prevention than anyone else in the world. The man. You get him, you get a couple other people, put them together, you start talking in a room or you just load up some YouTube channels. <laughs> right, and you just you know you got a green screen behind you, and they look. There's a ton of people there, and they're cheering and applauding and all that stuff. <laughs> You're in. I mean, yeah. there's that one weird sex cult where the guy's branding women. I mean, they're branding them with his initials. He's like, yeah. this is a very special. It's your initials, bro. God well, chose you. <laughs> okay, it's my initials. God told me to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's the most ridiculous. I I would love it. Yeah, but cults are so messed up because it usually like victimizes the people who are the most vulnerable, right? The the loneliest, the people that need to believe in something. And so, yeah, I I could never I could never do it. I I think I I think I have the capacity to do it, uh, but I just ethically I never could. 
Cult. Yeah, ethically, it's a it's a it's a gray area for me to start the cult. I, I figure if I if I gave it a five year run, <laughs> and then I just said, hey, by the way, you know what else works? Adopting puppies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Let's out. just go do that. Bye. Bye. I'm gonna take your money and go. I left you half. I'm gonna give back the house. Or even if you just like, I would love to do a, a reality show where you started a fake cult and you got some people in and followed them around. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like. It's not real. None of it's real. This is how dumb we've turned. Yeah. Because there weren't a lot of cults 100 years ago, 50 years ago. Like, I don't think there were a lot of cults 50 years ago. I would disagree. So think, think so? Of, yeah, think of the, um, they used to be in the form of, um, it wasn't the same format that we have now, but it used to be in the form of, like, um, all across America and the Wild West, there were the mineral waters that people would travel miles around to go get these magical mineral waters. And you would pay a fortune to be healed by these mineral magic waters or whatever and so mineral um, magic waters playing at ACL yeah <laughs> brought to you by Topo Chico and Coca-Cola <laughs> so exactly but yeah I don't know cults are scary they scare they me. are yeah I like there's part of me that wants to go in and I want to infiltrate a cult and figure it out and yeah. be like but the cults don't want me I ask too many questions yeah you know I yeah I ask too many questions and I I think too independently and so um yeah, that would, that's not always. And, and even sometimes Christianity, not saying that's cult, but Christianity is even a challenge sometimes. And oh, yeah. some of it requires literally blind faith. And that was a big struggle for me. In adulthood, converting to Catholicism was part of it was I personally made the choice to say, okay, I don't, I don't know that I agree with everything, but I'm going to choose to go on blind faith. And some people uh, think that's stupid, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But that's kind of the mentality I think you have to have in order to join a cult, right? Is yep. to say, okay, well, I don't know if this is real or true or not, but I'm just gonna go for it. So maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm already in cults and I just don't even know it. You might be. Yeah. How much fun would that be if you were actually already in a cult? That would be cool. Well, I, I am. I mean, on you Twitter. are, you are talking to, you do real get information from a man in a dress. Yeah. Who wears a pointy hat. Yeah. Who drives in a car affectionately called the Pope Mobile? I think it's more likely that, like, when you sign up for Twitter, you don't realize that you're joining a cult, the Twitter cult, and I think that's a uh, that's why I'm not on Twitter anymore. Everything's automated. Everything I do on Twitter is yeah. automated. I don't do Twitter. I don't yeah. understand Twitter. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's more than I don't understand. Like eighty five percent of our traffic, at our hundred something odd downloads a day, mm-hmm. Instagram. Wow. Instagram, 85%. We got hashtags, we got things, we got people. I'll put something up and randomly, out of the blue, it's like, oh, look at this person. Like I, I did, uh, when I did a post that we were going to do this movie, mm-hmm. instantly, I had four NASCAR drivers like the post. Or like I'm four so race man. car drivers. <laughs> but I put like NASCAR in there and yeah. turned left or something. You know? <laughs> but it's just, it's one of those things where, I mean, like, I don't, and you, you can garner followers so much so much faster on Instagram. Yeah. Like I don't do Facebook. See, that's um, on the flip side. Um, some like seventy five percent of our traffic is from Facebook. Wow. For, across all of our properties, and so that's where um, the segment of the population that we're talking to happens to be. But uh, we don't. Maybe we should spend more time on Instagram. But Twitter. Um, it used to be on Twitter uh, in the early days. I could post something from my personal account and have hundreds of clicks. Mm-hmm. I can post now and have maybe one, two. Yeah. And, and I have more followers now than I did then, but it's all just garbage. It's it is kind of like I think it's the equivalent of sitting in the audience of a reality TV show. Right? Do you think it's, Do you think Trump ruined Twitter? 
No, I think Twitter. <laughs> I think Twitter had its downfall pretty early on, just from all the competition, and because Twitter, um, Twitter went out of its way to cater to fame, so mm-hmm. to speak. So uh, even like after their third or fourth year in existence, if you logged on to Twitter and you didn't have an account yet. You would sign up, and all of the accounts that it would recommend for you were like Britney Spears and Oprah and stuff. And so they wanted it to be a kind of a reality TV show thing. So they did that themselves. And even though those of us who had been there since day one fought against that culture, Twitter never listened to their users. They wanted to build something that would garner traffic. That's smart, right? Great yeah. business move. Uh, but they did leave. They left the tech community behind. You know, a good eight nine years ago. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I just don't do it. Uh, you know, like, oh, we, we, you know, you can type more. I'm like, type less, actually. Yeah. You should have been like Could fifty characters. characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seventy characters. Like, type less. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, okay, we're in the part of the movie that I yes. have to point out. This is another quotable. Um, so um, he's walking again. He's walking again. Uh, but he says, uh, "Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby?" And that's one <laughs> of the ones that we still quote. There are like ten quotables from this movie that we use in our daily life. There's a, this movie is, when I, when I first started this, and I, this idea, and we sit down, I sat down and did this, I was like, all right, key quotes and moments are going to kind of drive things, or not, or just <laughs> conversation, right? Yeah. And someone had written in, you know, they, they were very kind, they gave me five stars, by the way, guys, five stars, this is how we operate, five stars, you can talk all the shit you want in the comments, five stars. Where's the best place to get five stars? Uh, iTunes, hundred percent. Yeah, Google is is kind of difficult to do. You can't really give. You can just like give a little heart on SoundCloud, Stitcher. <laughs> I don't really get, but some people <laughs> love. Like we get some downloads from yeah. Stitcher. I'm like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Stitcher podcast people, but th- thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, but Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, but iTunes is the one where because that's what I, the dumb math. And I could be wrong on this, but this is what I've always heard. You know better than I do. I'm assuming. You can be like, no, I don't, but I think you do. The 80% of mobile phone users are on Android, 20 are on, are on um, Apple. However, in the commerce side of things, it's like 75 to 80% of commerce is done on Apple phones yeah. and only 20 on Android. Yeah. And so advertisers look at, well, how many likes do you have? How many five-star ratings do you have? How many comments do you have? I'm like, how, how shitty is my content? <laughs> It's awful, but you know, it's just like, but but so we, I go through on the quotes thing, right? We'd go through, we'd sit down, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to have at least quotes, and these quotes are going to drive. And I'm watching Talladega Nights, and I'm watching Step Brothers, and every thirty seconds, I'm writing something new down. And then, by the time I finish writing the time down, the little timer going next to me, I'm writing it again and again. I'm like, I can have a, I mean, I can have a conversation like this, but no sane person is going to be like, there's a quote, that's funny. Hold on, next. And then I'm just reading someone the movie. And I have a <laughs> shitty voice to do that, so I can't really do that. But it's like, it was a weird thing. So then I had to be like, all right, key moments, quotes. And then the first one was pretty structured. And then after that, I was, you know, listen, the guy eloquently put down, he's like, I can't believe you record in some shitty bar. Not today, we're at Duo Works, but I record at Dirty Bills a lot. <laughs> and then the door creaks. And hey, man, Leslie's running a bar. Like, I'm there at noon or 11 in the morning. Yeah. And. He's like, go grab yourself a beer and have fun with your friends. I'm like, thanks. Like, I'm not getting picky, right? Cohen, is this why you asked me about French people? Yep. Oh, okay. So it was tied back into the movie. Yeah. Because um, yeah, he is he's French. Uh, now, Ricky Bobby, I guess he's divorced, maybe not divorced. I don't know. But his best friend's in his house. He's, like, yeah. taking over his life. Uh, 
and really because his wife only goes with winners. Right. Yeah. Gold and digger. She's a gold digger. Uh, could you be friends with someone that took? Have you ever had like a, a girlfriend take a boyfriend from you, and then be like, "We're still friends, right?" Um, I have never. Do girls not do that? Maybe, but I've never had that experience. And plus, I, growing up, I was a tomboy, so I had mostly guy friends. So it would have been really hard. I mean, I guess they. Could, well, theoretically, my my high school boyfriend that I was with for most of high school is now out of the closet. So maybe <laughs> one of my friends could have stolen. I would have known though. Yeah. It would have been because it was still people were still very secretive in the late nineties. So I don't. I've been with my husband since um, I was twenty. So. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't know. And now I'm almost thirty-seven. So. Together, hot minute. You guys, you guys have been together. Yeah. Sticking it through. Hell yeah. And you work with him. Yes. For him. Yeah, actually. Do you say work with him or for him? How um, do you? He says with because he's very considerate. Um, uh -huh. I typically say for because he is my boss, and that's a really difficult concept for some people to understand. <laughs> but we separate work and personal very easily, and so uh, yeah. No, I, we actually we work better when we're working together than separately because I tend to be a little bit high strung. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> I am shocked. No, some people are like, "Oh, you seem like you'd be such a chill person," because I like act chill online, I guess. But no, I'm not. I don't have. You much don't chill. act. I don't think you act chill online. I don't have much chill. But when I worked in a corporate life, I was in commercial real estate once upon a time, mm -hmm. and um, that's a very intense job, and you work like 80 hours a week, and it's very demanding. It pays really well, but it is soul crushing and horrible, and like. If, when people want to talk about sexism in the tech industry, I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Like, <laughs> yeah. You go try a, go try commercial real estate. <laughs> go go <laughs> work in a restaurant. Yeah, oil, like anywhere, yeah. right anywhere. So, um, yeah. So what would happen is at the end of the day, I would come home and I would need to download, right? I need to be like, I need to tell him everything that pissed me off during the day or my wins, but mostly just what pissed me off. And so he would he usually beat me home and so he'd be home like in this great mood like happy to see his wife and like his wife comes home just enraged at traffic and people and like I have to like say it all so I can get rid of it and move on yeah and so like working separately was difficult because it, it was just much easier now that we're on the same page it's happening in real time like we know what's going on at the same time there is no download there is oh, okay. happening at the same time and so um, yeah but I also don't have He's very supportive and empowers me to where I have a lot of decision-making capacity that I didn't necessarily have when I started at the company, but through years of him mentoring me and kind of helping me understand big picture, which is not natural for me. I'm more of a run as fast as you can, get as much done as you humanly can. Mm -hmm. um, but he's always been really big picture and can see like pretty far into the future trends and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like working with him so much nice. better than separately. That's awesome. <laughs> a lot better. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, for sure, I don't think, no, I, I know, it's not, I don't think, my wife and I couldn't. Most people together. can't. Most people can't. I think it's, I think it's a special understanding of, of, of who you are and, we're and who your significant other is. We're also relatively codependent, like in a healthy way, but kind of mm -hmm. not. Like, we definitely work better together. And I don't think most couples are like that. But we just, we were inseparable from like the minute we met. Wow. And so, like, we, I mean, we even shacked up real quick. We were engaged within a year. Like, it happened pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's just, 
gosh, I don't know. But I realize now I've done a lot of introspection into why because I'm actually a really like independent, kind of quiet, like spent a lot of time by myself type prior to my husband. But it's not true. I had a brother who was 18 months younger than me. So my little Irish twin followed me around everywhere and I was used to being with another human being all the time. You you should re-listen to this podcast and just start buying URLs. Like My Little Irish Twin. My Little Irish Twin. Oh, great <laughs> band name again. Oh, I great great name for a bar. My Little Irish Twin and every beer just comes with a shot of whiskey. <laughs> oh, it's My Little Irish Twin. <laughs> I think that's someone's like, stop, no, don't ever do an accent again. Mine went, my mind went somewhere else, which I'm not going to share with you, but I was like, oh no, I'm not going to buy that URL. <laughs> Someone else can buy that. <laughs> would you uh, Would you rob a pizza guy on a bus? Pizza delivery guy on a bus? This is about the movie, by the way. Yeah. Those that the, didn't opt to watch the movie along with us. This is, um, this is no. the random left turns. Because I see it, and I'm just I'm like... I, by the way, I think that would be a great idea. If you own a pizza company, and it's around lunchtime, uh-huh. sell it by the slice in one of those bags and just get on a bus. <laughs> it's good. The bus is going to smell amazing. Oh, just come up and just have little individual cartons. Like, don't have the whole pizza in there and someone's grimy hands well, reach wait, in there for a dollar. I know that you're the Queen of England, so have you been on a bus before, like an actual city bus? No, like a Prado, like a really nice VIP bus, yeah. So I'm talking about you got on that bus, it's got the leather chairs, okay. the TVs. All right, okay. It's got a driver. Yeah, I was going to say, because we just get on the it's city got a, bus. It's got a, um, a hostess, if you will, a gal, <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, who will get you a beer or whatever you need. <laughs> if you're thirsty, if you, if you, if you need one of those. Fantastic. Well, he's delivering pizza to his uh, sexy dad right now. Yeah. Uh, do you have a good relationship with your parents? I do. Uh, my parents split up when I was very young because they were okay. very young. And so I don't I don't think a 17 to 20 year old should have children anyways. But they did. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not having an abortion, Mom and Dad. That was yeah. Cool. Um, we're, we're, and then they had another one on accident. We were all accidents, but nice little accidents. Nice accidents. Uh, but yeah, they split up. And um, I am now uh, very close. My, my parents aren't obviously back together or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm very and then close 30 years later. Surprise. I'm very close to my mom. She's my best girlfriend. Um, but I will always forever be a daddy's girl for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's very interesting. I lived with my dad. I actually grew up with my dad. Not my oh, mom. okay. Yeah. So wow. that explains that. <laughs> there you go. What, um, what gives you, or I, I'm assuming it maybe it was your mom or something in the, but your, your fire and your wit online, like on Austin Digital Jobs, the way <laughs> when some monkey jumps on there with an MLM, I don't think people report them just so they can see you get fired up. Like, yeah, I, I think true. in a real group, people are like, hey man, you got to get off this. Or they'd be like, report, tell the principal. I see it. And all I do is just lean back and hit refresh <laughs> every five minutes. Okay, so Austin Digital Jobs is a group on Facebook. Yeah, for those almost, of you that don't know, sorry. Almost 40,000 people in it, and it is, it is extremely active, and they're very rowdy, and it is probably one of the most Austin-y places on Facebook, wherein people, um, let's say somebody does post an MLM scam or whatever. They're all scams to me. Sorry if anybody really loves MLMs, but... Um, no, they're scams. Yeah, Unless so, you start the cult. I mean, MLM. I mean... <laughs> scam. <laughs> so, yeah, but you know why we do that? Um, we actually, we let everybody kind of troll them because I'm going to kick them out of the group anyways because they're not there for any legitimate purpose. They're not going to give an actual tech job to anybody. Uh, but, you know, I assume, I've never actually been unemployed, but I assume that unemployment sucks. That has to be like demoralizing and frustrating and just it's the worst thing horrible. Ever. And so we just let people kind of, that's one healthy way that they get to let off steam, 
be mean to somebody else for once <laughs> now that they've been kicked <laughs> in the nuts so many times. Just yeah. Like, so yeah, we just kind of let it happen. But how do you in this in this economy with Austin Digital Jobs understand the Austin economy? I find this fascinating. So I came in here nine years ago. I did some consulting work mm -hmm. with a company still in Southern California. Did some consulting work with a local group here, a financial services company here. Yeah. Got on with a company and then moved over to another company. They um, couldn't acquire funding. Startups, right? Yep. 70% fail in this town. Yep. I think it's being I, generous. <laughs> I think it's being very generous. But the most frustrating part is when you are unemployed or like I am unemployed and I hand someone my resume and they're like, oh man, there's a stretch here where you had four jobs in five years. Yeah, they're startups. This is Austin, Texas. Yeah. Majority of jobs are startups. Yep. How do you negotiate that gymnastics where someone doesn't, they have a startup, mm -hmm. it's a new company, but they question you on working for startups, like, oh, you jump around, I'm like, no, it didn't get funding, it's not around yeah. anymore. Yeah, I think it's um, a weird thing, right? Yeah, it sucks, and I think you don't want to disparage like a past project that you worked on or anything yeah. else like that. But sometimes it's almost worth saying on the resume, like the dates, like such and such, you know. Company, and then just or company dissolved. Company dissolved. Or, I mean, yeah, that's because that's the explanation right there, and that sucks. But yeah, I think anybody, anybody in the tech sector in Austin that questions that probably shouldn't be sitting in their seat because that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how this ecosystem works. Honestly. Oh, there's so many. I had a, I'll tell you the name of the company off mic because God bless. I mean, they're, yeah, but I so I, I sat down with this group and it's a very large position, very large group. Mm -hmm. Government. Got it. 45 days ago, sat down with them. Mm -hmm. We need to fill this position very quickly. We are moving. We are not a traditional government agency. We work like a startup. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. That sounds real. No, we do. Okay. Anyways. And so they had made a huge change and said, what do you think about this change? And I said, well, I probably would have done these things. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We don't. I mean, I didn't, we didn't think of that, that part either. Okay. So we had a nice conversation for about an hour and a half, round table, Spitfire, like, we three people are going to interview you. It's going to be Spitfire. It's like, really? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they asked me these very general questions and, you know, like, have you done research on this? And I'm like, yes. And I'm expecting them to ask me a follow-up question to what that meant. <laughs> no. No. Government job. And then we're done. And then 25 days later, they're like, hey, by the way, there's your cat, a cougar. He got attacked by one. Uh, 25 days later, they're like, eh, yeah, um, we still haven't figured it out yet. And then... They came back to me and said, oh, you know what? We didn't have enough diversity in the job pool, so we got to start the interviews all over again. I'm like, exactly how a lean startup works. Don't you yep. worry about a thing. Yeah. Morons. No, I just did not morons. It's just, it's one of those things where I think people want to, it's funny, the startups don't want to act like startups, and they don't want to accept the culture that they live in, mm -hmm. and the big companies don't want to act like big, slow-moving sloths. Yep. They want to be like, we're just like a startup. Well, there's this common thing. We, we call it um, playing office. And... A lot of times, uh, these companies will set quotas for themselves. Like, we have to have X number of applicants, we have to have X number of diversity, we have to have X, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they, they play office instead of just interviewing and going through the process in a healthy way. They, they set these parameters for themselves that they heard about at a conference somewhere, right? And yep. But that's, that's a disingenuous way to do it, first of all. I mean, diversity is extremely important. 
However, setting false templates for your process just slows down the process. And typically candidates that have not uh, been chosen within 30 days, the quality candidates have already been chosen somewhere else. So if your process is 90 days, you've already lost everybody that you would have wanted to hire. Yeah. It's dumb. It's, it's a they're weird... plan office. Yeah, they're plan office. And, and also, I found this out. Someone told me this, it was, it was, and I forget who told this to me, so I apologize to you who gave me these wise, wise words. <laughs> but they said, Jason, no one hires you to come in and make a change. They yeah. hire you to fill a seat from the person who left. And he goes, the majority of jobs are like that. They don't want, like you come in and you look at stuff and you're like, oh, we should change this. You know, if you did this, yeah. if you moved it this way, um, like how would you run this team? Like, first of all, probably should set it up a little bit differently. It could be my 23 years of doing this, but I'd probably recommend it this way. And I don't talk to them like that, but I'm like, here you go. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, yeah, this is amazing. And they take diligent notes. And then someone else comes in and is like, I really like the way this company's been running and I'm so sorry you lost that person and I really believe I can fill their shoes. And like, hired. Because they don't have to do anything, yeah. right? You don't, you, and I, and I find that counterintuitive to a culture or a company that wants to grow, that brings in people that don't, that that aren't growing the position or, or challenging the company yeah, to companies grow. Companies shoot themselves in the feet a lot, and that's unfortunate. But I mean, there are some great things about Austin. Yeah. Um, like dress code, man. I, we're both in oh. jeans and t-shirts, and this is legit how you dress. I had somebody that, uh, one of my friends is moving here from D.C., and she asked, okay, so I'm interviewing at this place. Actually, it was the company that you named earlier. I'm interviewing at this place, mm -hmm. and uh, not the government one, but one <laughs> we were talking about way beforehand. And uh, she said, what do I wear? I said, just business casual. She's like, okay, well, what does that mean in Austin? <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, don't, don't wear a suit. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, don't show up to an interview in a suit. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I always, it's funny in the... Unless you're in, like, the financial or, like, ed tech sector. Like, and yeah. even then, it's questionable. And even then, it was weird. I went to, uh, years ago, um, I got a call from a group, and they're like, oh, another government job. Mm -hmm. And I wore a, we, my wife and I honeymooned in Thailand, and I got some, I got a custom suit made. But I just wore the jacket, beautiful button-down shirt, really nice jeans, because it was, in, it was insurance, but it was government, like, messy insurance, where... You have to have it. If you have to have insurance and no one will insure you, Texas has to create insurance for these people. Gotcha. One, I scored higher on the on the test than the actuary did on the numbers test. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and I go in and I final round of interviews and the actuary who I outscored by the way the HR guy totally unprofessional. She's like you used to outscore the actuary by two points. I was you like should not tell me that. you probably shouldn't tell me that. <laughs> and every time she liked me for some reason and every time in the interview they asked her to leave because every time she'd be like that's another good point. Can we all agree? <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable. No, I'm, you could just hire me now. That would yeah, fix all this. That would fix all this. And the actuary came in. He's like, I heard you. Uh, oh, you're doing it again. I was like, what? <laughs> Jeans? I'm like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Dude, you're in jeans. Docker jeans, which is really uncomfortable for me Wait, to say. Docker makes jeans? Kind of. It's like it, it was the Please jean tell me blue. They were pleated. Oh, they were pleated. Oh, God. Which is the accordion. So it's like, where are my pockets? There they go. In my manliness. In my manliness. Where's my woven belt? Honey, did you find my woven belt? <laughs> oh my god, they've made a comeback. Nope, they never, yeah. they never left. No, hipsters. Oh. Hipsters are wearing the woven belts, and I won't do it. I won't do it. I didn't. Is know it super so long where they like loop it around and it drops down and slaps I don't on their know leg? If they still do that. I don't know. I think no. I think that's like college douche look. I think that's who wears those now. 
with like the pink shorty shorts. Oh, the chubbies. That's what the that's what the um the uh the pink short shorts are called, the chubbies. The chubbies. Yeah, that was. They I see them and there's it's like dad it's it's college kids with dad bod. Yeah, that's weird, right? It is. I was. I didn't have dad bod in college. Mm, I was only really in good shape in good shape for like five years of my life. The rest <laughs> of the time, I could, Were you in middle school or something? No, I was just like <laughs> just it was like this was before Harper was born, uh, but I was uh I was, yeah I was. I was like 300 plus pounds and hanging out. And what? Yeah, I used to be um, 300 and some odd pounds. Can we address that? How did you fix that? That's crazy. Sure. Uh, there you go. Boom. Um, I was, how did I fix that? So I was really big. So what had happened was I didn't realize how fat I had gotten. And um, I didn't realize how, how big I was until, let me see what's going on here, kiddo. Let's get you started. Oh, hi, parent. What do I need? We're, we're getting get Harper back on We're getting YouTube. Harper back on, oh, confirm. Okay, boom. Boom. But right now in the movie, Cal is still living in his house, and Ricky Bobby is calling him, and they're acting mad, and Cal doesn't understand why he's mad at him. Well, he shouldn't, right? Uh, no, yeah, I would definitely be mad if somebody did that to me. I'd be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be so mad. Uh, I just want to announce also that Harper is very easy to make laugh. She is. We like laughing. Boop. <laughs> okay, now we're in the part where um, he's... His dad's back, right? Yeah, his dad's back. He's dumping water on him, and they're about to go... Uh, he's going to get his fast back. They're going to do a police chase so that he can get his mojo back. Do you... Um, <laughs> what is it turn? Here you go, kiddo. You're all set now. This is YouTube Kids. You're good. Save the day. Save the day. Thank you for covering right there. I appreciate that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which one do you need, kiddo? Thank God for YouTube kids, man. I that know. was not around. So my youngest is now in college, and that was definitely not around when she was younger. So we had to do some real heavy monitoring, and they definitely, they all, especially like preteen years, they want to watch like music videos, okay. and that's really hard to monitor because music videos are never appropriate, really. They really are. Ever. They're a mess. Yeah, at any point. So the other part where, so we're talking about how good Austin is, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good stuff. Right. I mean, the uh, the whole idea of free food and drinks, and I mean, on a Friday, to have friends you know, text me, be like, oh, I'm at the office, the beer cart's here, it's noon, Taco Tuesdays. There's the, some of the work, cult, I, mean, I, won't, I won't call it culture stuff, but some of the work things that happen here, or the lack of work things that happen here, yeah. is pretty awesome. I do think that's changing a little bit, though. You think so? Yeah, because I think even, um, you know, people that worked at Apple 15 years ago can tell you that Friday was literally just beer day, and Thursday was okay. like, barely, you know, come into work wearing pajamas. Like, not as much. There's a three-day work week. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. Um, yeah. So I, think, I think there's a little bit of growing up. But Austin is, um, we suffer from the arrogance of youth just kind of as a tech culture. And it, that's mostly where we are is the tech industry. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I see some of that changing, especially as some of the bigger dollars come in and as some of the regulations allow companies to actually do business. Um, I see some of that changing, but we'll see. I don't know, but I don't think that the casual nature will ever change. I think that's too, I think that's too ingrained in who we are. Yeah, I think there is a, um, 
casual natures there. Uh, I think is we get there's there's going to be this there's got to be this balance where I will have in the background a TV playing. I'll have music on or a podcast on. I'll be writing something. I'll have 40 tabs open. Yeah. I need chaos around me yeah. to concentrate, but I need to control the chaos, which is I a think weird that's thing. More normal, actually. I think like I don't need loud noises. Like if my wife comes in or does something, I'm like, hey, no, 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 no. I can't have you trying to cook dinner over here. I'll make dinner. Give me 20 more minutes. Yeah. But you banging pots and pans, it's yeah. not working for me. Well, what what happens to me in a work day if another person needs my attention um like you i have several tabs open that i'm legitimately doing things on and i'm multitasking i'm doing a bunch at one time so if somebody interacts with me it's immediately like slamming on the brakes and so everything stops and that so that's totally ineffective for me but y'all i want y'all to know that in the movie Mm -hmm. they're about to go on the chase and i'm really excited because did he get his fastback on He got his fastback on yeah, Now they're celebrating the Applebee's. Applebee's. So my, my buddy, Adam Ertel, uh, he is, he's really, uh, he's created a niche for himself in the pet world. Yeah. Uh, extremely smart guy. We, uh, we worked together on the Body Glove pet line <coughs> and had a, had a ton of fun with that. But he, we, I always joke around with him. I'm like, hey, how's Applebee's? He, um, he had riblets <laughs> once. Which are like the mini ribs, uh-huh. little little tiny riblets, and uh, made him super sick. So he hates he hates Applebee's, hates it. And every time he like posts a picture of food, I'm like, hey man, I don't see riblets. <laughs> Where are the riblets at? And I have a fat I have a fascination. I have this dream that I want to do this. I can't figure out when or how I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. But like I want to get, I want to get, Ani, super, absinthe drunk at an Applebee's. Like, I would get kicked out like in 30 seconds. I'd love it though, right? I would it's like, lay on the table and say, this is my Applebee's. Nobody can be in this Applebee's but me. This is my Applebee's. Fantastic. <laughs> and you win, right? Yeah. And, but it's... I and mean, then they kick you out and you don't have to pay for your food. It's great. Yeah. You just leave and they're like, oh, you got you to get out of here. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go. You got to go. If you guys, are, What you guys are hearing is a four-year-old that cannot hear or see a movie that is done with the phone, done with the iPad, because I think it's just, it's out of juice, um, and is done with... Coloring as well? Are you done with coloring? Yeah, she's done with coloring. So she's kind of sitting on my lap. She's getting a little antsy, but it's all good. Thanks, Mills Elementary. <laughs> you guys are great. You guys Super are awesome. Exciting. Super exciting. No, it's, it's she's been coming to meetings with me and doing stuff like this with me since she was six months old. Yeah, we always took our kids places. I think it's good to do that. And going back to the Austin culture, it's totally acceptable, right? I mean, it, it mm-hmm. might, maybe in Dallas, it's not okay to bring your kid to a meeting, but in Austin, whatever we're trying to teach our kids culture of like what business is like what you know because I think that's a huge advantage that so many children don't get to see the business world I never got to see either of my parents' work I didn't even really know what they did if you asked me like I have no clue and still I think a lot of times it's still hard for children to explain you know Mm -hmm. what their parents do but at least they've heard some of the words they've been around other adults oh yeah her her vocab what she says she wants to be when she grows up and what she does. We were sitting down, uh, Elijah and I were sitting down having this meeting with this guy and she was in the corner on the iPad. We were at a restaurant or a coffee place and <laughs> I go, let me explain this to you again. And she just slides her headphone back and she's like, my dad doesn't like repeating himself. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's, that's 100% accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But she's a, she's a good kid. She's a lot of fun. That's for sure. Do you um? Do you drive fast? 
We probably should. I probably, that should have been the oh, first no. question I asked. Do I drive fast? No. How about you? Do you? Oh, I love to drive fast. Oh, no, I don't. I never break the speed limit. If anybody wants in front of me in traffic, and I'll tell you why, I let anybody in front of me, if anybody's upset, you go, I'll slow down. Because in Texas, your car is part of your homestead, so you can have a gun in your car. Literally, anybody can have a gun in their car. Knowing that, I'm like, oh my God, if I'm allowed to have a gun in my car, oh. then I'm stupid. Then anybody can have a gun in their car legally. Totally fine. So now that I know that, I am so nice to everyone on the road. Wow. I don't speed anywhere. I don't weave in and out. Like, I will be the nicest person, and I'll just get there when I get there. I mean, I don't, I don't, like, I just kind of drive fast, but I try to be a nice driver. Yeah, I but was, you're the queen of England. You probably drive something fancy. I don't. I used to have a fancy car. We, um, well, my wife's job allows her to rent a car, like, every week or whatever to do drive around. Do you drive around. yourself, or do you have drivers do that? I prefer a driver. Uh, <laughs> I love, I have a, I have a five-star rating on Uber. Nice. Yeah, five stars. I have friends who have four. Because they're not good passengers. No. You know why? Because they like to sit up front. You sit in back, you treat it like driving is Daisy, yeah. you get them from A to B, and don't question anything they say. Like I have friends who will question everything. I'll go on, I'll go on with a made up story and not care. This guy the other day told me his dad invented the fajita. Really? Cool. Sizzling meat? <laughs> Sizzling meat in a tortilla? Yeah. Been around forever, champ. That's what one friend would say. I was like, really, tell me more. How did this happen? <laughs> That's amazing. I heard the best <laughs> lie. Ever told that guy? My dad invented the fajita. It's like saying you're the drummer for Smash Mouth. No one knows who the fucking drummer for Smash Mouth is. Okay, you just get to say it. Yeah. If you got a lot of tattoos and a lisp, yeah. you're in. You're like, oh, okay, that's the drummer that for Smash Mouth. That's that's for sure. That's him. I thought that was him over there. Maybe they have two drummers. Why are you here Maybe. to judge? Good night. No, it's a uh, that that part is always it's um. It's interesting. But you like to drive fast. Like to drive fast. Love to drive okay. fast. Uh, used to have a fancy fast car. That's right. Used to have a fancy fast car, a big muscle car. Uh, but we just, he just came over. It was like three cars, rental car, and then two other cars. It's like, why do we have all these cars? There's just the two of us. So now I just have the mom mobile, is what I call it. It's just nice. a nice little Pathfinder. <laughs> and it's black and it's super simple. And I cuss at it every day because it doesn't go <laughs> quite fast enough. Or the keyless remote takes yeah. two clicks instead of one. That's just not okay. Not okay. The seats aren't air conditioned. My car seats were air conditioned. <laughs> well, you know what? I get enough of fastness. Um, I play a video game. It's the only video game I play, and it's called Forza Horizon 3. It's an mm -hmm. open world Xbox game. Well, I guess they have it on PlayStation. I don't know. But um, you can like, mod out any car that you want, and so it's an open world, so you're not on a track. You can like yeah. take it off some sweet jumps. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. There you go. That's so you, get, you, get, fast. you get your fast out there. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> and then mostly, um, I will tell you, sometimes I'll go online and play and um, give headphones or whatever, and people can use their mics and just talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've literally never heard another female voice, and it's pretty rare that it's not like 12 or 13-year-old boys. <laughs> and so I was actually, I had like this little racing group that I raced with frequently, and nobody used mics. It was not very social. But one day somebody used their mic and it was a kid, which is normal. And then I realized, oh my God, I've been in this like racing group with thirteen year old boys for like six months. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna tap out. Well, because I put my headphones on because someone was asking how do you do this thing and so I was explaining and they're like, Are you a girl? Are you a girl? My yes. mom's a girl. My mom's I was like, Oh yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't call myself a girl. I'm definitely <laughs> old enough to be your parent. <laughs> no uh Oh Harper asked me she goes, Am I a lady? Go, you're a young lady. She goes, yes. what makes me young? You're four. <laughs> huh, but I'm a big girl. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. 
Yeah. We had to tell her, her teacher is like taller than me, mm -hmm. six five wow. something. And when Harper first got her, she's like, Miss Williams is huge. <laughs> no, she's tall. Tall. Difference. So I'm trying to explain this. We're walking around. She's just pointing at random women. Well, is she huge? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> we gotta take you somewhere else. We gotta go somewhere else. We're gonna go in private. We're gonna we're gonna do this on television. <laughs> not with real people. It's not nice. She's it's that it's that age which you experienced, you know, a couple of years ago and I'm experiencing now, where they're getting conversational, they're really trying to do stuff and yeah. They don't pronounce all the words correctly all the time. She did the, uh, we're hanging out, and I'm walking up to go get a donut. She <laughs> loves donuts, and uh, walking up, and she goes, Dad, what, where's, we're just walking, where is all the semen? I was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? She goes, the semen. I was like, I'm, you know, one more time, because I'm, and I'm rolling through my head going, I, I don't watch CSI, yeah, I don't okay. watch the, I don't watch the shows, the, I gotta, am I gonna text my wife real quick, and be like, hey, what shows are you watching with the kid? <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm not getting it. What do you mean? She goes, like this. I go, cement? She goes, yes. Where is it? And they had just re, redone, re-asphalted the roads. That and is fantastic. I was like, oh, we're not going to talk for the rest of the, the, rest of the thing up. We're going to be silent. We're going to be silent. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be a really good one for her wedding someday to tell. She'll oh, really yeah. enjoy telling that story, too. The thing is, is that these things can live forever as long as you keep paying that internet tab. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, my dad used to have a podcast. Don't listen to episode 14. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> no, we still, uh, well, kids are cute. So we had, uh, Bailey, I think, was maybe eight, and we had gone down to Galveston, and she was just being so cute. And randomly, she's in the backseat of the car, and she goes, uh, she hates when we tell this story. She thinks we're picking on her, but I just think it's the cutest thing in the mm -hmm. world. Just randomly. No one's talking. And she said, um, I can spell beach. And we're like, great. How do you spell beach? And she said, be, wait. <laughs> and, like, that was it. We're like, what? Because she had to, like, process it. We were trying not to laugh because she didn't yeah. want her to spell properly. And uh, But we were like, okay, what's the rest? She goes, never mind. No, no. So we still will say, be, wait. <laughs> nice. And she doesn't like that. She also hates owls. So I love texting her like creepy owl gifts and stuff because I'm really good at parenting. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It just keeps them on their toes. Yeah, absolutely. You I never know when an owl's just gonna come out of nowhere. So. No, and who 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 would know? <laughs> uh, that was that was like level nine dadding, right? That there. was that was a hundred percent dadding. Absolutely. <laughs> we are um, we're at the stage now where he's at Talladega. He's got his own car, and it is a POS. Uh, and they've got to fix it, right? They've got to get it ready. And they're going to. They're going to get it ready while he walks away. But Are they're going to make, make some it work. deep metaphor about life? No, I mean, I think what it, what it really is, is, you know, it, across, across the board, this whole thing, whether it's this show or, or any other one, right? They're, property use fantasy theme analysis, the fantasy of, of, of where we want to be. It's in this pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. Very American. Very American. Very much an, a, a, an American thing. But the, I see these things, and I think what people forget in this very American thing is like, I pulled myself by your bootstraps. Uh, no, he had a whole team. Yeah. He, he surrounded himself with good people yeah. that worked hard, so that, that that believed in his dream. Yeah. You know, and, I, and one, and I, I'll bring it back to Austin here, this entrepreneurial community that you work so well with and interchange and bring people for jobs and everything else is that... Whether you're 
starting a company or have a company or whether you're looking for a job and it's just your friends, you have to have those people around you that believe in you. Because if you don't, you're done, right? I mean, if you don't, you are 100% done. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, whether it's this, I mean, like some of the guests, including yourself, that are busy, that have a lot of jobs that do stuff and you carve out two hours to do this, it's like, all right, well, they're, they're, they're being very nice and they're believing that this could be a good time or, or a horrible time, but it's two hours, here we go, <laughs> well, okay. But it's, it's one of those weird things, you know, and then you've got to look at it and be like, all right, I've got this team. Like, I, I would like that concept to change. I guess what I'm, I'm saying all this be like, I wish people would realize and change this from, I pulled myself from a, the, the bootstraps and I did this and I worked hard to, I was lucky, I was in the lucky yep. sperm club, or I was in the lucky, I, li I, I lived at, next to the right neighbor yep. club, or I was lucky in, I got on Facebook on the right day club, but you didn't do it by yourself. You didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yep. You did. Yeah. Sorry, hate to break the bad news to you. You know, and it's not necessarily. Yeah, but that doesn't serve. That doesn't serve <laughs> the American ethos, which is we're we're uh, we're important. I'm important. I did it. Who yeah. Me. <laughs> and then we wonder. Then we get mad at millennials for being entitled. Are you kidding? Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's been it's our culture since day one. <laughs> entitled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a. I stopped caring about royal weddings in 1776. You know, it's just entitled. Yeah. We're, you know, and it, it allows us to fly around and, and do dumb shit, and, and and whether we're just bad tourists or, and I don't think we're bad tourists necessarily. I think that we just we have a different action point than I think other people do. And you know what's crazy? I hate that um, anytime um, I go to Europe, I can't tell who is what, but they can tell if you're American, even if you're not talking. They all know. If somebody's American, but to me, they all look American, right? Because we're the melting pot of yep. like, the world. So that's always been frustrating. Is they can tell who is what, but I can't. Everybody's the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't tell the difference. You cruise around, and they're like, "Hey, how you doing? Where you, what part? What, what part of the states are you from?" Like, yeah. I'm sorry. But you know what I realized really quickly was that. Um, so I did a study abroad when I was at UT, and we all came from different colleges. So there were only like three or four other UT students there. I you know never even met them, uh, but we realized really early on that the Texas people from all the different colleges like gathered just naturally together. Mm -hmm. And that was our little group of like 10 friends were the Texas people. And um, they hate the foreign exchange students there. They hate them, they don't like Americans. And this was right before 9-11. And they hated Americans, but they fucking love Texans. And we didn't realize that naturally we never introduced ourselves as Americans. We always introduced ourselves as Texans. Oh, really? Where are you from? I'm from Texas. We never said I'm from the states or I'm from America. It was always I'm from Texas, and all Texans naturally did that without realizing that no one else in America does that except for the Texans. We think we're better than everybody else, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or that's just we uh, have a lot of state pride, I guess. Like growing up, like our kids have to learn all the Texas songs and stuff. And yeah, it's true. It's a Texas is a, is, a, is a unique place, right? Because it's it's like it it wants to be. In the in the United States, but it wants to run it like it doesn't, you yeah. know, but or or just not be involved at all. Well, we've been. I think it's because we've been our own country before that it's kind of like we could at any moment. In fact, Rick Perry put together a lot of the framework to where if on a moment's notice we needed to be our own nation again, the government is set up in a way that with a flip of the switch we could be. Now you've lived here. Um, how without? I mean, a weird question, but how? terrifying was Rick Perry as governor? <laughs> uh, I didn't find him to be uh, too terrifying. 
Well, the, the important thing to note in Texas is that the government is set up oddly. It's set up differently than a lot of other states in that um, the lieutenant governor actually has more power than the governor. And so really it didn't matter. In Texas, I think Texas is kind of too big to really have messed it up. <laughs> uh, plus we have a lot of the metropolitan areas are you know leaning one way as opposed to the rural areas and so I think there's a good balance in Texas mm -hmm. that's kind of hard to screw up. I don't know, I think pretty much any governor that's willing to just kind of like keep the state going the direction that we've been going and keeping our economy bigger than everybody else's besides California, then yeah. we're good. Yeah, he did, I mean, he's done some amazing stuff, don't get me wrong, I, and by amazing I mean he just he kind of let business do what business wanted to do. You know, one thing I will give him credit for, he went on like a national tour to say, hey, Texas is an amazing place to do business. Come do business here. Here's all the tax breaks we can give you. And so a lot of the tech industry, as much as people in the, for the record, Harper is leaning against the wall with her face against the wall. That's yeah, pretty cool. And she's <laughs> putting herself in some weird timeout kind of yeah, walking around. Just self-imposed. But no, so I think that was actually, a lot of people in the tech industry hate him because of how... He knows who he is. I, he just is what he is. And so a lot of people hate him, but he's the reason, like, some of the companies that we would have had, some of the larger companies came here because he physically went out to California, did a big tour. They had billboards in California of do business in Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. You can hate him, but he's part of why we got to grow, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's – and it's weird because other states have now tried that, and it doesn't work the same. Like, <laughs> no. I think Louisiana or Mississippi tried it. Well, if you've been to Mississippi, <laughs> pass. You know, you can talk about Austin weather all you want. Yeah. Go to Mississippi. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Where do you think Amazon's second headquarters is going to be? It's not going to be here. I love that we offered them nothing. <laughs> well, we, we offered them nothing. And also, I mean, even with us offering them nothing, I think the bigger problem is our airport. You can call it an international That's exactly airport. Exactly what I've been saying. And people are like, no, it is international. No, I am sorry, it's not. Not in the same way that other international. It's no JFK. <laughs> no, it's like it's. It is all it is is it's the John Wayne Airport in Orange County. It's yeah. just this. If you need to fly somewhere real, like if, if, you, was, if you need to fly somewhere honest and real, like to yeah. another country, you go to Dallas or you go to Houston. There's no direct flights, right? So I think that's a big part of it. And um, the tech community, for the most part, has pretty much vocally, independently said, please don't come here. And so I thought that's been pretty interesting that an entire tech ecosystem's like, please don't add that many people to our city at one time. We can't handle it. And we can't. The traffic can't handle it. But you know what? I'm hoping that they end up in Atlanta because Atlanta has been a burgeoning tech community that could yep. really use that kind of infusion to grow. And so, and I know they offer them all sorts of sweet stuff. So, it's we'll see, see, it's it's weird, and I I think they're mostly corporate jobs, is what Omar right. told me. Yeah. Which is good as far as the economy goes. But That's Omar Gayaga at the state. Yep. But it's a uh, it's a weird thing when when you look at this and you're like, you get all these you get all these discounts, you get all these rebates you get all this stuff and 70% of your workforce is on food stamps yeah so I'm double paying right yeah so I'm paying to keep these people fed which is fine but I'm also giving you a kickback to keep you around so I can I mean I'm already paying to feed them yeah as a state goes I can see why we didn't offer them anything even though they were higher paying corporate jobs yeah but I think also Austin doesn't need need them in the way that maybe a place like Atlanta needs that infusion, that energy, you know what I mean? So, yeah, and we'll see. Atlanta does. Atlanta's very famous for one other thing. What's that? They, um, what do you want to tell me? Just tell me. 
Well, we're almost done with the movie, okay? We're almost done. I promise. Harper's hungry. So there's there's also at the end of this podcast, we'll close out with Harper singing a song. Uh, when we were potty training her, I did. I'm a good parent, and uh, I had my friends FaceTime her or send video texts saying, "Hey, I just took a poop, poop wars." And so she had come out of the patio, and she's sitting down across from me. And she goes, "Hi, five. I did a poop." I did a poop. I did a poop. And yeah, and so that's that's the closing song. She does a great job singing it. She's awesome at it. That's for sure. But no, back to Amazon really quick, and then um, you know, and what they've or you know, what they've the weird spot if that they're in. If it was manufacturing, and uh-huh. that's what they were going to do, or they were going to put, they already have some shipment areas here. But if it was mm-hmm. going to be their main shipment area. Like, put it in Georgetown, get a bunch of people employed that are otherwise not, but that's not the kind of roles they're, it's corporate, right? Yeah. So I think that Austin, Austin's pretty good on that. And they've already got kind of a corporate office here with Whole Foods. Yeah. Like, they don't need sure. to double up, right? Yeah. They don't, you know, they, they I, I do find it fascinating Prime members now get a discount uh, at Whole Foods on certain items. I think that's fascinating. That is fascinating. I still uh, haven't taken them up on that, because H-E-B, baby. H-E-B? It's, <laughs> I won't live anywhere... Uh, that is not within a mile of H-E-B. No. True we, story. We are really close to an H-E-B. Uh, my problem with H-E-B is always busy. Always busy. H-E-B shouldn't be here, everything's better. I'm south. Oh, so I'm north, and it's mostly, like, a lot of, like, yoga moms, mm-hmm. but not, like, the friendly kind. Not the kind, like, so no one talks in the store. It's great. Like, everybody just, like, goes in, gets their stuff, and leaves. And everybody's nice, but it's not, like, nobody's trying to be a friend. And I really dig that because I don't want to talk to people. And I'm usually wearing pajamas in public anyways when I'm at H-E-B. <laughs> so please, I'm not wearing makeup or anything. Please don't talk to me. <laughs> I um, if I I like the selection at H-E-B. So I really, so I'll go there for that. Yeah. I like the beer prices. I like, the, the selection's amazing. However, the problem is, is that it's so, so busy. So if I don't, if, if I'm going to go pick up her, we're going to go grab something really quick. I'll go to the Randalls down the street. And that Randall's will be empty. I mean, there's like 20 people working there, and there's five people. It's more expensive. And it's Randall's. But they give you paper bags. Okay. I got my own bags. I had my own bags before we had to have our own bags, so I'm fine with that. (laughs) I've got bags on bags on bags. Snacks on snacks on snacks. We got so many bags. (laughs) But I'll I'll roll it. If I I want to grab some energy drinks really quick and some cheese, yeah. I'm not parking a half a mile you know away. What? You never said how you lost all that weight. Oh, we got distracted. We did get distracted. Uh, so, oh yeah. So I was, I didn't realize how fat I had gotten, and I was living in Portland, Oregon, and my buddy got married. And before he got married, the bachelor party was in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I forgot to get some swim trunks. So I buy some swim trunks and Costa Mesa, California. We drive out to Vegas, and this is back when you had the digital camera to take the picture. And the, you know, we were drinking all day long. We're having fun. We're in the pool and. I think I had a bald head at the time, bald and red goatee. <laughs> and we're hanging out at the pool and we're having a good time. And the next day we're looking through our pictures. And my first response is, who's the big fat guy in the pool? <laughs> oh, that's me. Oh. <laughs> so I fly home to Portland, Oregon. And I, um, I instantly, before I go home, I stop at the 24 hour fitness downtown. So now I sign up. The guy's, all right, well, we'll do this. We have this three-day program. You know, it's like 10 bucks a week or something like that. And I was like, no, no, I want to be able to come here every day, anytime. 
And he's like, listen, man, you just, I see people coming like you all the time and you're going to last a month and you're going to sign up for a year and you're going to be begging me to switch something or do something else. It's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. I said, no, it's not. And so for every day for a year, I did an hour of cardio and 20 minutes of lifting. Wow. Every day. Never. Here's my problem. And this is a note to all you people. When you hear stuff, I never change my diet. And that haunts me to this day. So I got down to 185 pounds. I was running six miles a day. But I was still eating and drinking like a champion. And it just makes the workout so much harder. It could be it so does. much easier if you could right fuel in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so, the reason I eat well is because I want an easier workout. I'm lazy. See, and I don't, and I still don't eat well. But now my body's breaking down. So like Tuesday nights, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday or Sundays, not Sundays through the summer, play basketball. But yeah. basketball with like twenty year olds. My knees. <laughs> my daughter can hear my knees when I'm walking behind her. Yeah. Like it's breaking down. Yeah. We're just it's weird. Cars, we, we are. are. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking, man, as I'm breaking down, as things are going sideways, I still haven't figured out how to fix my diet. I still am just, I'm so addicted to. What's just, your weakness? Oh, pizza. Pizza and beer. I haven't had pizza in a long time, and that really is my kryptonite. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm a small person by nature, um, but I, once, I think anybody listening in your 20s, nobody told me but should have, but once you turn 30, your body's like, hey, guess what? F you. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do whatever we want. You can no longer eat whatever you want. And so pizza was definitely my weakness. Uh, in, my, in my late 20s, early 30s, that's when I started gaining weight because of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza will do to you. I miss it, I, but I don't eat it anymore. I did a thing. Uh, I, I heard this guy talk about it, and so I thought I'd try it. So I do do intermittent fasting. Yeah. So like last night, I think I had my last beer at 8 p.m. So now it's I still haven't eaten yet, and it's what, like 1, 1, 1 o'clock, one twenty something like that. So I'll eat from 3 o'clock until 8 o'clock, so five hours, five-hour window to eat, and then I don't eat past that. I, we have it just so regimented to where we honestly don't think about food because we've already cut out. It's because my husband's a heart patient, so we have to worry about the glycemic index. So there's no sugar spikes up or down. So our diet is such that it's just really level all the time. Mm -hmm. So like we don't eat any sugars, um, even like naturally processed sugars, like oh, even yeah. some fruits we try to cut out. So it's really just like almost as if you're like building, right? It's just protein and fiber and that's it. But we eat like at the exact same times every day. Like we eat some of the same things. So we don't even think about food. Oh, see, I think about food. I did the, uh, there was a guy who said, if you eat the same thing every day, your body, if you just addict one thing, that's it, nothing else. Mm -hmm. Eat up as much as you want. But your body's going to start, like all of a sudden you're only going to eat exactly what your body needs because it just doesn't, it wants diversity. It, yeah. So you got taste buds. So I put this challenge to a test and I just had pizza every day for two weeks. <laughs> Same pizza. <coughs> so, like I make it myself. That's fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> I was like, here we go. Loved it. Um, lost four pounds. Are you sure? Maybe you were just really stressed that week. I could have been. That's for Maybe. sure. Could have been really stressed that week. Um, who knows? But yeah, this, I don't know. I, but yeah, so I lost all that weight and then I really lost a lot of weight and... Um, I mean, quite honestly, then we have a kid. And your gym time, like, you know this, your time, you don't have time anymore. You have, no. you know, Tom Segura says you have moments, which is true, right? You have moments, you don't have time anymore. And our, um, and our, our my moments are spent still kind of hanging out with her. Yeah. Right? It's just a different kind of hangout. And 
So you don't, you know, does she I go don't, to the gym with you? Yes, yeah, she does. We went to the gym. We went to the gym uh, this morning. She so they have like childcare here. Yep. Nice. So two hours, you know, yeah. you spend forty-five minutes to an hour there, and they love it. It's she like loves it. Vacay. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's like, we're going to the gym. I mean, she loves she loves the gym and she loves church because they have donuts there. Oh, a little course. donut, and she's like, oh, are we going to donut church? Let's go to the donut place. Yeah. <laughs> like, you mean sure. Shibley's? Is that what we're talking about? No, no, no. You know, and then I got to hang out with my friends. And uh, after I hang out with my friends, I got to do all this other stuff. It's amazing. Okay, whatever. Grab your mom. She'll she'll happily take you. She'll happily take you. So we're at the final race. On the movie. On the movie. (laughs) That we are watching. That we are diligently watching. Really invested in it. Really invested. Well, you've seen it so much. I feel like we can can just get after it. But... um, I'm wondering, you know, he, his buddy, Cal, turns against corporate mm-hmm. and decides to help him one more time. Just one last time. Just one last time. Right? And in all of that, shake you're shaking bake. Right? Oh, no. What was his, his other nickname? Was Magic Man? Yeah, Magic Man. Awesome. <laughs> Magic Man. Just moving our hands, folks, in case you're wondering. A lot of jazz hands happening right now. <laughs> Let the record reflect. Let the record reflect that there's also a big wreck which is going to freak out and slow down everyone. Boom, 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 boom. These wrecks, these NASCAR wrecks, they're always terrifying. I don't know how anyone lives through it. It's the equivalent of watching a hockey game for the fights, right? I mean, like some people watch it for the wrecks. Yep. People watch some people watch hockey for the fights. I just choose to not watch either. Yeah, I, I like college football though. Like I'm super into college football, but pro football? From, no college football. Just, just college football? Just college football. We'll probably watch some pro this year just because um, we decided that we would like to uh, see some of the players that were our, you know, in our college football repertoire, see how they're doing in the NFL. So. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yeah. See, see which Sooners are, are doing well and yes. which UT kids are doing well. Yeah. It's uh, The NFL is interesting, right? Um, especially with all the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Um, I heard one person, the, the most eloquent argument I've heard against the, the kneeling, if you will, mm-hmm. is it's a job. Just like you can't wear anything you want to a job. Yeah. On that day, it's you're, you're, at, you're at work. And if your employer wants you to do something, whether wearing Nikes or not, or yeah. wearing Reeboks, it's, that's, the, that's the employer's choice. I totally agree. But if they're okay with it, then fine. You know what I mean? But if they're not okay with it, if they say no, then that's yeah. that's the rule. And you're right, it is a job, a really well-paying job that I would think that you'd want to keep. <laughs> yeah, but I also, I mean, I understand in the light of everything where they're at. Like, I can't imagine the pressure of be a role model, be a spokesperson. Yeah, you're supposed to be all those things. Be, be vigilant about race relations and everything else happening in this world. Be a social activist. Be a social activist. Their requirement. And by the way, be really awesome at football. Yeah. Be really awesome at it. And, and don't eat pizza. Yeah, don't eat pizza. Be really awesome at football. <laughs> oh, and by the way, um, stay in line. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, old white guys run this, and you, when you make them nervous, yeah. they, they, they lash out the best way they can with their checkbooks. Well, I was in line at a Target. I think it was Christmas time, and there was a guy who had a, he was a Vietnam vet. He had his hat on with all of the Vietnam vet and the different emblems from mm-hmm. different uh, wars he fought. But um, he brought up, I guess he wanted to talk about it and see what somebody else thought because there's a long line. He brought it up, and you know, uh, so then we were talking about the 
uh, police brutality against different people. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, well, you know, if they just didn't resist arrest. And I said, well, um, you know, we told our children, um, do whatever a cop says, even if they're wrong, even if they're doing something bad to you, do everything they say, no matter what, that was our rule. We will help sort it out together as a family. But that's a luxury. That's like not every family has the money or the capacity to bail a kid out for, you know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so he was like, well, I never thought of that. And I said, it's not just about, I mean, if, if you know that you're going to jail or you feel, whether you're right or wrong, mm-hmm. that you're going to jail because of the way you look, I mean, it makes sense to run. If that's what your friends have been caught or whatever, you don't have a parent that can bail you out. You or how do, you, how do you define resist, right? So, I mean, I, okay. think, it, I think it's different when someone's approaching you and the assumption is right or wrong or resist or anything else, right? Like yeah. that assumption changes in that in that world. And well, and we literally did run-throughs with our kids. Like, it, you know, what would you do if um, a police officer says this? What would you do if a police officer says that? And sometimes when they, you know, would kind of have sass mouth because they're kids, they have sass mouth. Yeah. They'd be like, nope, that you're right. They're doing something wrong to you, but you need to do what they say even if they're wrong. And so I think that's where sometimes it can go wrong. But it, my point in all of this is that that's a luxury. Yeah. That is absolutely like a luxury because there are a lot of children in this world, um, teenagers, early 20s, whatever, they don't have somebody that's going to come bail them out or get them a lawyer. They're going to have to rely on some public defender who has 800 million other cases will never know their name. Mm-hmm. Families like ours will have a lawyer. Families like ours will sue the city for <laughs> whatever it is that yeah. they've done wrong. Not everybody has that luxury, but yeah, and it's it's weird the the level of I mean I brought this up before, but like Harper was getting what I'd call bullied at school. There was a boy that was spitting on her and calling her ugly, and she told me one day she's like, "Hey, Dad, no one spit on me or called me ugly today. So today's a good day, right?" I lost my mind a little bit. Yeah, but I have the luxury to drive down to AISD, go into their department, and sit down at a table and be like. Uh, I need to talk to this person. They go, well, she's on a call. Okay, I'll wait. Open up my laptop, hook my phone up to it. I've got Wi-Fi. I'm like, I'll order us lunch. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that call disappeared, and they're right out there. And they sit down with me, and I'm fairly level-headed, but I'm also the person who I've had the luxury been able to do a lot of stuff, but work with the media a lot and everything that I've done. Yeah. I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, if you don't want to fix this, you don't have to. But... My friends at the news agencies, those producers, will be... They love this stuff. They love this stuff. Yeah. And when a, when a four-year-old's getting spit on and your teachers aren't doing anything, no, no, they are. No, they're not. Yeah. And, they, and, I, and I said, and your principal told me, and if I show up with news cameras, that you'll kick me off campus, which I want you to. Because bullying someone, to stop bullying, is fantastic. It's great PR. Yeah. <clears throat> and we... um. And just those luxuries, right? To where I talk to other parents like, oh my gosh, my kid was getting, oh my gosh, this was this happened to my kid. How did you do this? Well, I'm just a little more fortunate yeah. in some ways. I'm a little more fortunate in how I can leverage and push things. Well, and some parents could never take that time off yeah. to go deal with that. I mean, that that is definitely a luxury that not everybody has. And, you know, to be frank, a lot, a lot of parents um, don't know how to deal with children in general, especially really young parents. And mm-hmm. That's that sucks, but so yeah, that was my point to the Vietnam vet, and he said I'd never thought of it that way. And so I, you know, my point was, like you said, it's it is a job. If the NFL decides it's okay, then so be it. Yeah, it's fine. 
But if they say no, then they need to stop, and it is a job, and that sucks. But you're right; they have to be all these things. They have to be all these. They have to be a hero, basically, with superpowers, yeah. and just it's unrealistic. It is. It's unrealistic. Plus, just like what you said, that you'll leverage everything in your power to get your message out. I think that's what some of these people felt like they're doing, right? They're using everything in their power to get the message out that this brutality is still happening. These bad things are still happening despite it being this year. Like, that's embarrassing. And so the same thing we do for our kids is we use everything we possibly can. Everything. You know, you get that that core group around and you're, you're able to do that. You know, it's, you then hope that in those groups or in those people that, that don't have that, yeah. that hopefully they create or or have created a community that, that helps in some, some capacity. Yeah. There was a, my, my, I call her my cousin, my friend Katura, she sits on the board of a group called MICA down in Southern California, and it's a community development program. Oh, your park light's out? Okay, we're going to teach you how to go to the city and tell the city how to get it changed. Nice. Oh, you're going to be a leader in this group. Uh, we're not going to buy your kids toys for Christmas. However, we're going to take an abandoned shop and we're going to open it up and we're going to give you coupons and everything is basically 99% off. So a $100 skateboard is 99 cents. I mean, it's just, here you go. So, so you can go buy your own stuff. And I remember working there and seeing these people and the difference in that community and how they took care of one another when cops did something wrong. Right afterwards, guess what? All right, we're going to do a basketball tournament here and cops are playing with kids. Yeah. It's so important. And it's so important, but it it, it you know I, and I would and I wish there was more groups like that in different areas because the value that it brings of empowering leaders or creating leadership in an area to say, oh our group got our park fixed. Oh, you know yeah. Tom down there did this. For everything's everyone. so disconnected today. Yep. We don't talk to our neighbors. We don't engage in any way. And yeah, I think that's amazing and that's important. It is. It's super important. And, it, it, you know, I know that Austin's going through a big change right now with gentrification and where do people live. And more importantly, the people that help make this city work, right? Bartenders, waitresses, bus drivers, cab drivers. They can't afford to live in a city that, that they service. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, there's got to there's be a community and a rallying point that, that brings them all together and all around to... To fix that problem, if you yeah. will. You know, I mean, Portland did a good job with it. All their new developments when I was living there, all the new stuff that happened, they um, they made it so like twenty percent had to be like low income or below thirty thousand dollars. You could you could live in this spot for a, a fixed small rate, and it worked out well because it, it kept that barista, it kept you know that cab driver, the bus driver in an area where they could they could enjoy the city yeah. that they serviced, which well, I think is important. Trying to do that, I don't, I don't know. There's so many different ways, but yeah, every city has growing pains. Austin's no different. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people that come here and try to superimpose wherever they came from onto Austin. That never quite works because no. there's an existing culture, there's an existing framework. Um, but Austin's definitely growing, I think, in a good way. Um, I don't know. I think when people get mad, you know. It, in, in any of our properties online, we don't allow people to badmouth anybody that's trying to move here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, we don't need the traffic, we don't need that. Well, you weren't raised here. Like yeah. mo- Most people that complain the loudest are the ones that have been here four or five years and they think the city's changed so much. I grew up here, I promise. <laughs> I've seen change. It's you were here different. on the trolley cars with you, <laughs> riding around town. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but that's but people moving here are why we get cool companies here. People moving here are why we get to grow and get some of these cool things that a big city gets that we didn't have as a small town. I yeah. Mean, and we and, and growing and doing this stuff, we also get to export cool stuff as well, like Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Like it gets to grow and go different places, <laughs> and that's awesome because yeah. I mean, there's. We will drive by the Alamo Draft House. She's like, Dad, that's where I watch movies. I'm like, that, you're right. That's, and she'll tell people to be quiet. The movie's starting. <laughs> she has a little popcorn. Right. You know, they, they do the kids' meal stuff there. It's freaking fantastic. It's amazing. I think, did we make the whole movie? We did. We just, the movie is now, they're driving off into the sunset. Uh, no one really won the race, which is awesome. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I, I love the, the closing where they are, uh, once again, they're just, spiffing on, yeah. on how commercials should be done, if you will. If you don't chew big rent, if you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what kind of commercial like. I would respond to that. Like, See, I wish advertising was more honest like that. I really yeah. do. I wish it was it was more fun and more like um, <laughs> when uh, Kmart did ship my pants. <laughs> like, they, 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 ship your pants? <laughs> ship pants. Grandma got her pants shipped and everyone was just like, no, it's too aggressive. I'm like, no, it's not. That's hilarious. It's memorable. great. It's memorable. I mean, I'm still talking about it. That was a couple of years ago. So there's, I wish, I wish it was, I wish stuff was a, a lot more like that or like this, you know, where it's just honest. Remember that movie, Crazy People? No. Where he was, so the guy's an ad executive and he goes, they send him to a mental, uh, mental place because his, his original ads got, um, got in front of the clients yeah. and got printed and everyone's like, oh no. And they were super honest. They're like, Porsches. <laughs> Not big enough to get laid in, but once you get out, <laughs> it was it's just a sure thing. Just a sure thing, right? It's like four out of five dentists approve. We don't know who the four dentists are. Hell, we don't know who the fifth one is. <laughs> crazy people. You like to people. do that for one of your podcasts? I haven't seen it. I want to do it with. Um, there's a advertising person I want. I want to do it with uh, just because it'll fit the the genre a little bit and find out. You know. I, I want to do, and I talked to a gal who's a, who is, a, I think, a VP or a partner at a, at a PR firm here in town to have her on, and our sketches just haven't jived up because I want to be like, all right, explain PR. Like, I've done it for 23 years, but you you explain it, please. Yeah. Because it's bullshit. Especially the PR, especially 99% of the PR that's done. Yeah. It's just, it's smoke and mirrors, and I'm like, well, I mean, I emailed them. If your whole premise is, here's a list of people, and I sent them an email, give me $20,000 a month. <laughs> like they're you know that's a weird thing to think about people are like yeah but they're influential man they, that guy knows Jane Wells that doesn't mean anything if it's a bad pitch it's a bad pitch yeah but, um, I'm on the receiving end of pitches since I run a newsroom and it's there's yeah. a, there's some good there's some good quality work out there but most of it's garbage uh, 90% I'm sure is just garbage there's a gal who I'm, I'm, out, I'm actually helping out I'll, you know what I'm going to give you Candace I'm going to give you a free plug even though you know nothing about this podcast She's an MIT grad in engineering. Mm -hmm. She's a classically trained pianist. You know what she's doing? You know, you know what her calling in life is? It's fantastic. It's, it's so awkward and funny that I was like, yes, I will help you get this message out. She has reinvented a stronger, better sounding, wait for it, ukulele. Get out. Like, who thought it needed to be reinvented in the first place? <laughs> And then she did it, and it looks pretty awesome. I was like... Like a rock ukulele? No, but it's like this cute little ukulele. It's so nice. Let me see. I think I have a picture of it here somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up. 
Candace is like, I didn't approve any of this. <laughs> Ava, I think is what it's called. There it is. Oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I have a Canadian friend who plays ukulele like, professionally. So, yeah, that's what yeah. she does. She plays the ukulele professionally, and she's a classically trained pianist and, and MIT engineer. I was like, all right, well, I would be honored to help you out. Like, this would just be fun for me. Dad, the movie's done. The movie's done? All right, can you do me a favor? Can you tell everyone goodbye? <laughs> you don't <laughs> you shake your head. Now you clam up. Now is when you clam up. What if we say it together at the same time? Can we say it all together at the same time? Ready? One, One two, two, three. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. No goodbyes from Harvard. No goodbyes. This is like one of those weird things. It was like, you hang up first. No, you hang up no, first. No, All right, <laughs> folks. That's the... Well, thank you so much. They can find, Thanks for having me. No, seriously. I know we did your, your favorite movie and we barely talked about it. Um, but that's usually how this podcast goes. Good, bad, or indifferently. Uh, yeah, but we talked about religion, politics, and everything we should not talk about. And, so and talked about sweet. ghosts. So, that's, yeah. so we, we got a lot of bases covered. Like, really... People are like, oh, we're not inviting them over for dinner, ever. <laughs> Put these people's names on a list of not to come. Uh, thanks to... like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, he's like, thanks to uh, Succulent Studios, uh, Experience Firm, our friends here at Duo Works for hosting us. Harper, thanks for being a great girl during this two hours. I appreciate it. Uh, real quick, once again, where can people find you? Um, TheAmericanGenius.com. AmericanGenius.com? News for entrepreneurs. There you go. And uh, maybe on Austin Digital Jobs, if you run an MLM or if you're selling gold through Nigeria, <laughs> sign up right away. You'll be, you'll be warmly welcomed. Oh, yeah. And then kicked right in the dick. See ya. <laughs>